This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined, as usual, by my wonderful, lovely, amazing co-host, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. And Heather, I do have to say that, you know, it's getting close to Advent. We're going to talk about Advent today. So how are you doing as we wind down the liturgical year here and about to embark on something new? I am ready for Advent. I love Advent. It's one of my favorite seasons, and I'm so excited to start and get into it. You know, ordinary time sometimes just feels like so, so long. Like I'm ready for a very uh, intentional season where you can focus on something in particular. And so that's why we're starting this little series to help focus ourselves. I'm excited about it. How about you, Michelle? Um, I love Advent. I think it sometimes it reminds me of being like all warm and cozy and candles and, um, you know, the aesthetic beauty of Advent. But I like the preparation part. You know, I like the part where you're preparing your heart and I like that whole um, anticipation of birthing something. Um, One of the questions I always pray with in Advent is, Lord, what do you want to birth in me this Advent season? And, um, you know, he's already started to do that in different areas of my life. But I love that question, just that anticipation of new life coming. Um, So it's one of my favorite seasons. And of course, you know, I love to decorate my house also. So that's always good. Okay, I did yeah. put up my Christmas lights already. I'm not even gonna. Are just, you serious? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm just coming out with it right now. Oh dang, girl! And I go old school, <laughs> multicolor, and it just brings me so much joy every time I drive up to my house. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Anyway, sister, how do you feel about Advent? Oh uh, well, there are some, there is something about light. I love candles and I love light. Uh, yes, I love Advent too. I think Advent and Christmas season are are some of my favorites, obviously, and. Uh, it's just a beautiful time, actually, as the as the liturgical year ends, to spend some time counting the graces for the last year, just to sit before the Lord and just to ask and to really receive and be grateful for all the things that He's done the last liturgical year, and see, you know, what what what's He going to do this year? He's going to do something new. He's going to build on what He's already been doing, and so it's uh, this time of year is really wonderful. And you see the readings change, and just kind of we're preparing for what is most true and what is most final. And so it's a great preparation. So I'm excited that we're going to invite our listeners onto a four-part series, ladies, four parts. So today we're going to talk about our first part of the Advent series is going to talk about belonging. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be part of a family and and how we're called as the people of God, that we belong to God, that we are are deep within his heart. And so I'm going to let Michelle kind of kick us off here. And I know this is especially dear to her heart, this area of belonging in kind of this vision of a four-part series of Advent, which was really her idea. So I got to give credit where credit is due, Miss Michelle. So you want to <laughs> you want to talk about it? Sure. Um, okay. But when we're talking about belonging, um, it means that you fit in and that in my idea, definition of belonging is that you're seen and known and you come as you are. And, and you coming as you are, you're accepted as you are. And, um, it always amazes me when we start Advent season or you begin part of it is they go through the lineage of Christ. And I love the four or five women that are in the lineage of Christ, but I love the, especially the first four, not, I'm not talking about Mary. I'm talking about the first four, like how pretty much scandalous they are. 
you know, that God chose these women that were broken, that God chose the women that were the most least likely, that God chose the women that were desperate to see him move in a lot of ways and desperate for him, that God chose the women that were not in the most ideal situations um, to bring about Christ, that their names would be written in history to bring around Christ. And it got me thinking I was when we were pre- I was preparing for this podcast yesterday that um, there are our family line, too, that we come out of this line, like there are lineage and there are um, part of our family line and that brave women run in our family. You know, courageous women run in our family, um, dangerous women run in our family. They will do anything that God will use anybody to allow his purpose to come. And I love that their names are the ones that are spoken. And I love each of their stories. And I love how spicy each of them are. And I love how God redeems their stories in powerful ways, um, just like he's redeeming all of ours. So um, and I think it's an invitation for us that we belong in this family, that we belong in this family of God, that we belong in this church. And no matter what our story is or our circumstances, God will use anything or anybody to bring about um, his redemptive plan if we cooperate with him and say yes. So, yeah, those are my opening thoughts. What about you, Heather? Yeah, in thinking about these women, you know, um, I can't help but feel a deep sense of hope um, because <laughs> I was reading through this, uh, like, a, an article on the the five notorious women in Jesus's family tree, and so it had kind of them labeled. So we're just talking about the first four right now, and it was like the liar, the prostitute, the pagan, the master manipulator, and I was like, holy smokes! Like the, that's how these women are, you know that that was their former life. That's how they were known. Um, yet God redeemed these things, and those are pretty pretty powerful labels that were put on these women, and yet. God used them for a glorious plan. And so that's really hopeful to me to know that in the deepest, darkest parts of my story, um, that God can redeem that and make something beautiful and has a plan for those things if I let him in there. So um, I love looking at the women in history. I think it's very important for us to know where we've come from and where we're going. And I think often we lose perspective. We are so caught up with what's happening right now and the busyness of right now that we forget uh, big, big parts of our story and big, big parts of our salvation history. And so I love that this is where we're starting. Sister, what are your thoughts? I love the reality of belonging, and that is the deepest desire of our hearts is to belong. I think, you know, if you've ever, I'm sure as you have taken your children to school, you know, especially when they start a new school. But whenever you go to a new place, I think whether you're a child or an adult, you're coming into a new group of people. And the first thing, you know, maybe as a as a parent, you're like, is this school academically rigorous? But for your kid is like, your kid's like, is anybody going to like me? Like, is anybody going to want to sit with me at lunch? And how many times as an adult, I've had like a lunch tray and I feel like a kid at middle school again, like, does yeah. anybody want to sit with me? Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and there's that part of us that feels like we only belong if we get it right. If we get it just right, we belong. And then only part of us belongs. And the truth is that just being created in the glorious image and likeness of God that we're fearfully and wonderfully made is that we belong. We're his idea. And I've been telling myself that lately of like, you know what? I God, I'm God's idea. Like I was his idea from the beginning and I still am. And so what you see what you see through salvation history is you see that Christ enters into our story and all the beautiful parts and all the messy parts and all the men and all the women that he comes right into our story and that none of it is abhorrent to him. None of it is foreign to him. And he takes on all of our stuff. Like he's so 
desires to be with us that he just takes on everything. And so he brings us into his belonging of in the Father. Uh, and so, you know, he denies us nothing. So, yes, when we talk about Advent and just the season, a lot of family, and there's a lot of grief, I think, that goes along with the holiday seasons as well. There's all kinds of things that happen. But the truth is that we all belong, that we're all meant to be here and that we're God's idea. So that's what I think of. <laughs> I think one of the um, thoughts that I love the most about belonging is that it isn't something that we earn. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. to earn belonging. And, at, you know, I have three children, and I see it so often at school and remembering as um, as I was a kid, you know, just what you were saying, sister, that it, there's so much pressure to fit in, oh. you know, in some way, like to, to somehow earn it by the way that you dress, the way that you talk, the way you have your hair, um, if you gossip about people or don't, you know, all these things that you uh, often compromise so that you fit in. Uh, yet with the family of God, there's nothing that we can do to earn that. It wasn't deserved, yet it's this incredible gift that God has given to us that we belong to his family. And that's why he sent Jesus, was so that Jesus would become one of us and mm-hmm. raise us to to be in God's family and it's just such a beautiful gift that I think often we take for granted um, but Advent is a, a wonderful season to begin reflecting on that again hmm. and I think when you realize um, belonging is the form when you belong and you feel like you truly belong to a family or a group of people or you are really well known when you belong you become you become who you're supposed to be. You become who you are. Um, it is a launching pad t- for you to, you know, like John Paul II, become who you are, you know, and that really happens in the context of family, um, you know, and we see that because the Trinity is a family and love came forth and it, bl- and it blossoms people into their fullness. And I think with the, these four women, um, you know, each of them, their stories were so scandalous, like Tamar, you know, tricked you know, Judah to become, she was, a you know, acted like she was a prostitute. So, because she wanted a baby so bad. She was just that longing, you know, for someone to belong to her. She just had this deep longing, like, I'm going to get a baby. And, you know, she took matters into her own hands, you know, in a very manipulative way. And part of me is like, girl, you know, that's not honest. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, all right, man, he wasn't getting the job done. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. So she had to go ahead and do it, you know? And I mean, I'm sure all the women are saying, amen, you know, like, all right, they men weren't stepping up. So I was going to do it. And that's not what I'm promoting, but I'm saying, because there was a desperation for longing that she had. And, um, and then, you know, Rahab, one of my favorite ex- exchanges is with Rahab with is with Joshua when she asks, if I help you, will you also save my family? You know, and she said, you know, usually in our belonging and, you know, our becoming women, we also want to extend that to our family. We are also always thinking about the other. Um, you know, that's why I'm always passionate about um, uh, really um, investing in women in developing countries and restoring their dignity. Because when you invest in women, they usually invest in the family. They usually invest in others. They're mostly um, given, you know, and then, you know, Ruth, she's a foreigner. She was an immigrant. She was out there. Like, I mean, when you really think about all of their stories, um, you know, they are such misfits. I mean, they are just such holy misfits that the Lord chose. And, but yet she was just the faithful, um, 
you know, daughter-in-law. I mean, seriously, are we going to be judged in God's redemptive plan about how nice we are to our mother-in-law? I mean, like, all right, how many of us would fail? I mean, I love my mother-in-law, but, you know, these are the things that go, you know, and then Bathsheba, she has an affair and she loses a child because of that affair. I mean, there's such heartache in their stories and, um, but yet they keep on keeping on and they become who they are and God uses all of it. And, um, I just think that's what amazes me, that God uses all of it, the good and the bad and the hard and the heartbreak, and uses our longings and our desires um, to bring about, you know, salvation history um, and all of that. So, Sister, what are your thoughts? I agree. And I, you know, that's one of the reasons why we read the genealogy at mass and we hear that the story from the gospels and sometimes people, we kind of nod off after the first, you know, and so-and-so we got so-and-so who's white, you know, and, but see, it's establishing that we come from a family, that we are not just here independently of ourselves, that we come from a family, that we're inserted in a family and that we go, we journey as a family, as a people of God, that we're the bride of Christ, that we're, we're called as a body. You know, we say that our father, we, we say that as a family. And I love what you were saying earlier, Michelle, that, you know, it's family where we find that we belong. And ultimately that's the deepest, like we talked about the deepest desire, because when I belong that I don't have to posture, I don't have to try to be something that I'm not. And I can be the person that God is calling me to be. And I, I can be imperfect and I can be loved and I can be called out and called up and out of love. And I'm going to rise to that. So it's true, you know, you see throughout, you know, throughout the Gospels, men and women behaving badly. It's not just women, it's it's plenty of men that are behaving badly as well. And oh, yeah, God redeems all of that. I just, that's one of, yeah, just one of the best things, I think, of, you know, of heartache and loss and also triumph and and beauty, that God is always in all of it. Yeah. What about you, Heather? Yeah, we can see very clearly that all throughout the scriptures with these women and also <clears throat> other people through the scriptures that God is drawn to the brokenhearted. God is mm-hmm. drawn to the sinner. He's drawn to brokenness. Like you said, sister, he doesn't find it um, abhorrent. You know, he's actually yeah. drawn to it because he's the one who can heal and restore. And he mm-hmm. meets us there. He's not afraid of the wounds. He's not afraid of the darkness. He is the light of the world. And so I think this is a message for us that we need to start to apply personally to our lives. The gospel isn't something that's just out there. Um, far away and distant for us to look at as an observer, but it's something that should be integrated into everything into our life, that as we see Jesus meet these women in their brokenness and restore their stories, it speaks to us that he wants to meet us in our story and in our Mm -hmm. brokenness and that he wants to restore Mm -hmm. us there. And, you know, many of us, as we talk about family, my heart just goes out to people who have such um, brokenness within their families that their sense of family isn't what it should be. And even in that, Mm -hmm. you know, there there is so much brokenness within families. This is not God's plan for family. And that's why he wants to restore our idea of what family is. Um, Because he is a good, good father. And he is not like our earthly parents, even the ones that are so good. Like, you know, I'm blessed to have very good parents, but they're only a shadow of the love of the, of the father. And there's a, a line in the catechism that talks about how parents are our first experience of who God is. And sometimes they disfigure mm-hmm. the face of God, but no one is father like God is father. And this is something that we're in, we're, we're already a part of. It's not something that's waiting for us. Like we are already a part of God's family. We've been welcomed in. And this is 
um, the desire for Advent is that we enter more fully into this reality, that Jesus is the light of the world, that he wants to come into our hearts in a new way, and that he's here, to um, that he has come to bring us into the family of God and restore all things. So I just mm-hmm. love all of that. It's very important in my own spiritual life that those realities um, speak to the very bits of brokenness in my own heart. Definitely. And yeah, I think that's what, isn't that what the belonging is that, oh gosh, yes. (laughs) Yes. There's like things so much we could say, we could say about that. Um, And also just experienced it, right? Like we've all experienced mm -hmm. it, those places where we've been terribly lost. You know, I think about my story and although I had a conversion early in my life, things could have gone wrong a thousand times, a thousand ways. And they did, you know, they did Mm -hmm. (laughs) through my own choices and decisions and sometimes through the decisions of other people that I didn't choose. Things went horribly wrong a thousand ways. And yet God reached down and grabbed me, you know, and pulled me up into his family to be a part of something. Um, bigger that I could never have dreamed of. And there's something about that that's very, very humbling, very humbling. You know, it's led me to tears at times, just the experience of being a part of God's mm. family and something bigger than myself. It's, it mm. speaks to the deepest longings of our hearts mm-hmm. to belong, mm-hmm. to be seen, to matter, to be known. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what it means to belong to God's family. And I think the, uh, the reason that, you know, that we even, um, talk about these four women and Mary is because they all birthed something. They birthed a child and they became, they became a part of Jesus's lineage. They all had children, you know, and the four women at the beginning, they all birthed something out of great loss or heartache or destruction, you know? And I think of like Ruth, what all she lost, you know, um, she lost a husband and then she lost a country and she went and God gave her Boaz and out of her greatest loss and her, but her obedience, God harvested some of the most beautiful things, you know? So I think one of the questions, like I said earlier before is, okay, what is out of our loss or what is out of us? What is God trying to birth in us this Advent season? You know, what needs to be brought to life in each of us this Advent season? What needs to be redeemed in us? What have we lost? Where does God need to move in us? You know, does he need to birth hope? Does he need to birth forgiveness? Is this, does he need to um, birth a dream in us, a vision in us? You know, um, are we just numb and just need life back in us? You know, and identify those things. Identify, you know, where our heartache is. You know, he came to be a savior. What needs to be saved? in our lives and what needs to be birthed in our lives in this season and not just go through the motions of the Advent. It's so easy, you know, to get through the hustle and the bustle and the Christmas cards and the shopping and the cooking and all of that kind of things. Or if you're in college, the exams and all of that, but it's more than that. He wants to birth something new. It is a new year in the church, you know, happy new year already um, coming up. And um, there's a newness in us and we need to take time to really ponder and see, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What do you want to birth in me? And um, how do I respond and say yes to that birth in my life? Well, I love, Michelle, that you talked about obedience, too. I mean, because when you look at Our Lady, look at Our Blessed Mother, this beautiful woman, the woman who was all beautiful, who was given a promise by an angel. And I love that you're talking about that of, you know, what are the promises that God wants to birth in your life? What has He spoken over your life? And 
lately I've been just been keeping a record of all the words that people speak over me. And I just put them on my notes and review them and just pray. Well, like, what is the Lord speaking to me? And I blessed is she who believed that the words of God would come to pass, you know, mm-hmm. and just this um, longing for God and out of a longing for God, which is St. Augustine talks about that. I know we had a podcast on prayer and St. Augustine talks about that. The desire, the simple desire for God is prayer. And so where is he writing a deep longing in your heart to receive him, to receive him this advent, that he would be born anew within your heart and soul, that he would be the gift to the world that we give. Uh, and you see that beautiful response of our blessed mother, this beautiful, transparent, humble, glorious, fearsome battle warrior. I I just, you know, love her. Mm -hmm. And this, this mother, she's, she's a mama and she's bringing us into that new life of grace as the new Eve. She brings us into the new life of grace in a very well way. And so I think it would behoove all of us. I know myself, as I'm saying this to really spend these days in Advent day to day to day, like marking these graces and just seeing what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And I think even in the story of Our Lady, you know, there was a lot of things that she lost when she said yes. Oh my gosh, you know, yes. Like, oh like yes. She, mm-hmm. You know, the, this did not look good in her day and time to be an unwed mother, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she she lost a lot of things when she said yes. But look at what God restored. Yeah. Like when he asks us to give up something, he will bless and bless and bless. Anything that we give up, um, he will be that much more generous with us. Like out of our sacrifices comes room for his abundance, you know. And I think that's always a question of Advent. And like where can I make room? Where is God calling me to make room? Is there something that I am supposed to say no to or give up to make room for something better, to make room for something mm-hmm. greater? And sometimes, you know, I think we get it wrong. Like where when bad things happen, we often believe that God is the one who's doing it to us because we think he could stop it. So therefore, he's actually doing this to me, this torturous thing that's happening. But that's not true. You know, our father is good and he's kind and he's loving. And what father would treat their child that way, you know? So I think we need to remember that God is the giver of good things. And when life happens, you know, on this side of heaven, we're in a broken world. And when broken things happen to us and things that are difficult and really challenging and sufferings come our way, this is the opportunity for God to bring about new life in us. This is the birthing that can take place. And I have a couple of friends. It's just, this has been my thoughts over the last week. They um, really struggled with infertility and weren't able to have children. And for both stories, you know, they ended up adopting for children. And just, you know, this out of this sorrow and this painful um, emptiness, they were able to look beyond that and look to Christ and open the door to life again. And, you know, they saved four children, you know, four different stories, mm-hmm. four different things. And in both stories now, they are... Uh, pregnant or have had a little child of of their own mm. and just a miracle that's happened that's not always how every story is going to end but i just thought you know what if they didn't look beyond the sorrow they would have never opened the door to four mm-hmm. little people in their life whose mm-hmm. lives were forever changed mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. been you know cause for reflection for me to go what are the things that i'm so focused on that i don't have or that i've lost or that are sufferings in my life that I'm not looking to God to say, how do you want to rewrite this story? Where do you want to bring life to this particular situation? And I'm just going to open my heart up to the new life of God. So for me, that's Mm -hmm. one of the reflections I have um, as I'm coming into Advent is, Lord, where do you want to bring new life 
in the sorrow and pain in my life. Mm, mm. Oh, yeah. And definitely, you know, the Advent season is purple for a reason. It really has a, a, a mark of, penit- of penance, you know, a penitential, like, I don't want Joseph and Mary to show up at the room of my heart and find no room at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes. it's like, what it's obviously very different than Lent, but it's true, Heather, what you're saying is what can I make room for? So I, th- so the King of Kings can come and be nestled in the cradle of my soul. What is what can I make room for this Advent season? So yes, so the glory can be born, so that the new life can be born. Um, yeah, Amen, Amen. Michelle, we but kind of kept you quiet over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just listening to both. Um, yeah, you like the purple candles. I like the pink one because it stands for hope and it's pretty. And you know, I'm the more Audrey Hepburn. I believe in pink. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think if you go in with a heart that is open for Advent season, with a heart that's open, that, with hands that are open and say, okay, Emmanuel, come close, you know, come closer. I want to know you closer. I want to um, experience you closer. I want the Holy Spirit to overshadow me in a powerful way in this Advent season. And what are you going to birth in me? Like miraculous things can happen. And maybe they're not the big huge, miraculous, you know, um, that everyone else can see, but maybe it's the little small miraculous in the everyday, you know, an opening of your heart, a forgiving of someone. Um, you know, it's just that willingness to say, yeah, yes, here we go. You know, come closer, Lord Jesus. Um, you know, I need you in a new way this Advent season. Mm -hmm. And if we look at Mary, you know, like her, yes, it took a lot of faith, actually, after she said yes, because you don't just all of a sudden, boom, Huge. have a baby. Like, she couldn't see anything. She probably didn't know. Nope. Is anything different here? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I th- was that was I crazy? Did an angel just appear to me and say I was going to give birth to a Savior? <laughs> you know, there's a <laughs> lot of waiting here? before, you know, your body starts showing when you're carrying a child. And so I think sometimes we can get caught up with there's not an immediate response or immediate mm-hmm. fruit and so we we want to give up or go oh you know this is dumb so i think we need to hang in there you know god takes his time on purpose there is there is a way that things work and we got to stick with god's pace and trust him and i think if we start from a place of belonging if we know that we belong to the family of god that we have a father um that jesus is is our brother and that we are a part of this wonderful family, then that opens up a door for trust, you know, that, yeah. that we really can trust him with our life. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. Well, I'm ready to launch an advent right now, even though it hasn't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is, so this is part one. And like we said, this is going to be a four part series. So we hope you particularly enjoy it. So ladies for your part one of advent, what is your one thing of the part one? Does that even make sense? Like what is your one thing this week as we kind of journey uh, into a new season in the liturgical year. Heather, do you have a, a one thing you'd like to share with your listeners, our listeners? Um, my one thing for Advent is going to be creating a new playlist, like a new Christmas worship playlist. So I'm going to put one together and um, post it online for everybody if you want to um, partake of that. But I got to say, I'm a sucker for good Christmas music, too. Okay, like just like the good old carols. So I might have to do two. One of uh, Christmas worship where we can just use that to pray and invite in the King of Kings and one to just celebrate the season as well. (laughs) Michelle, what's your thing? Can you please put the Justin Bieber mistletoe? I love that song. (laughs) 
on a, yeah. um, no, I will not. <laughs> Just you wait, Sister Miriam. We actually are all going to be together in a couple of weeks, which will be really fun. So maybe I will have uh, Heather and Sister Miriam sing the Justin Bieber mistletoe song and we'll put it on there. Just to torture them both um, for making so much fun of me. That's what we will do. Um, for me, yeah, my one thing is um, I already feel like I'm birthing something. We are, well, actually, when this podcast uh, airs, we will have just launched a show, I mean, a new store on Black Friday. Um, we had a little shop. I created a little shop. It was in our nonprofit and it has grown and grown and grown. And so we took it out from underneath our nonprofit and um, changed the name and it is launching and it's meaningful market and it is art plus story plus purchasing power changes the world. And it has been just such a labor of love working with a creative team, uh, working with, um, I just love the products that we created, um, you know, to speak to women's identities, to speak to a lot of things that we talk about here on the podcast, to speak about family. We created a home line, um, uh, that I'm actually just crazy about. And so it's been a real labor of love and, um, we will post the link to the new shop and a discount code for our listeners on the Biting Together website. So yeah. What about you, sister? What's your one thing? Well, speaking of belonging, I have had just the distinct joy of being with some really awesome people. I mean, I always am, but particularly, I would like to give a shout out to all the ladies at Texas A&M, all y'all in Aggieland. I got to spend some time with you last week, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. You all have blessed me, both the men and the women, just your whole student body there at St. Mary's just was such a glorious time to be with you. And I also spent some time at NCYC, the National Catholic Youth Conference, this last weekend, and with 25,000 teens, uh, me and the introvert. It was 25,000 teens and youth ministers. And uh, it was such a beautiful blessing. So I just, it's people this week, just wonderful people that are one day at a time saying yes to God and all the glory and all the sorrow and just making such a difference in the world. So to all of you, my heart is with you and I'm just grateful to have met each and every one of you. Okay. And I have to interject here. If y'all didn't, we got to live stream it. Sister Miriam like nailed it at her NCYC talk. I mean, she brought it, but I would love for people to see. I'm just going to totally, um, you know, expose a little bit about our life. Um, before she even got on to speak, she was really nervous. You know, it's a lot to speak to that many people. And so she sent us a group text. And if, uh, probably if they published all of our group texts, they would be like a comic book because they're so funny. But, um, you know, just, you know, just talking about like, okay, I have a little anxiety. I'm about to go on. And the text messages that came back, like, girl, you got this. He has you step into who you are. Like God has anointed you. And I remember one of the things I prayed for her that morning was that she would just break open the hearts of the teens that she was speaking to. And um, if you saw her speak, it was like, like I said, it was streamed. I mean, it was amazing to watch God work through her. But one of the things that she texted us back and said it was good and all that, but I loved what she replied to. She said, I saw God's beauty today in this. And it was just such a beautiful moment for us to see. And we felt like we were all in it together. Like, and then that's the power of abiding together. And that's the power of sisterhood. And that's the beauty of Sister Miriam's story that God has used every single bit of it to bring others to him. And, um, and that's, you know, the power of belonging. And so, um, so we're really proud of her. Amen. Yes, we are. (laughs) 
Thank you. Yeah, it was certainly a group effort and I couldn't I couldn't do what I do without you guys. So I love how we all get to sew into each other's lives. It truly is a great gift. And God is very beautiful in each one of us, I do have to say. So well, um, if you are enjoying our episodes and you want to join us, especially for Advent, please subscribe to us. Um you can go to the Abiding Together podcast or on iTunes. We have discussion questions available after every episode. So if you go to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, click on the image of the episode you're looking for, and you'll see the discussion questions. You'll see our one thing. You'll see all kinds of stuff. So we're trying to make it really easy for you to find what you're looking for. Please leave us a review. uh, Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And until then, until next time, please know that we are praying for you. We wish you a very happy and blessed Advent, and we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week.